All right, I got a few questions. Uh, oh, gosh. All right. Uh, Should I step uh, out of the I'm room? Excited. You guys are like the yin and the yang of sports talk. <laughs> you know I'm a basketball guy. I love basketball season. Everything Why? is amazing. I'm on the owner's radar. It's never good. Not fun. I'm a little surprised you agreed to do this knowing that Paulie's part of the show. He's bound to do something every show that just makes no sense at all. <laughs> Buddy, open look at a three. Got it. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Polly Sebelia. Oh, Steve. The new open. The to new the show. open. The, the much awaited new open to the I, show. But you know what? I didn't like get to hear it all. And uh neither did uh, Q Sports Talk. Alright, you want to play it again? Yeah. Let's take two. Let's do this really quick, see if I can get it in here. Okay, working on it. Now once more with feeling, okay? We'll do it this way. All right, I got a few questions. Oh, uh, gosh. All right. Uh, should I step uh, out of the I'm room? Excited. You guys are like the yin and the yang of sports talk. <laughs> you know I'm a basketball guy. I love basketball season. Everything Why? is amazing. I'm on the owner's radar. It's never good. Not fun. I'm a little surprised you agreed to do this knowing that Paulie's part of the show. He's bound to do something every show that just makes no sense at all. <laughs> Buddy, open look at a three. Got it. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Polly Sebelia. Well done, Jordan. Yes, that one is awesome. That is a great open, especially compared to the last one. And with that, we welcome you into a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. We can have a little fun off the top of the show uh, because of the way last night ended. That was very close to being very bad. Uh, but Syracuse rises to the occasion, rises to the challenge, and wins it in double overtime, 112 to 110, picking up a victory that they desperately needed. We've got SU assistant coach Alan Griffin set to join us at 1230. We've got Mike Curtis from Syracuse.com. We'll talk men's and women's basketball with Mike Curtis. And we want to hear from you, 315-437-7644. Uh, that was one of the best games, I think, Ever played inside the dome? I mean, is that is that overstating it? No, Coach Beheim said that on the uh, Learfield broadcast last night. That was probably one of the best games he's ever seen in the Carriers. I I, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, I've been going to games since I was a kid, and that was that was special last night. Both teams played at a high level offensively. There were so many twists and turns. And Q says the eighteen point lead, then Indiana pulls ahead, then Syracuse goes up eleven with less than four minutes to go. You think it's over? Indiana refuses to go away. They tie it on the, you know, the 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 intentional missed free throw, which generally does not work, but it worked last night. Uh, so many twists and turns. Frank hits four big free throws in overtime. Buddy gets hot, and uh, the Orange wins it on a couple of free throws with a second left, eight tenths of a second left from Joe Girard, uh, one twelve to to one ten. If you had Joe Girard beating everybody down the court to win the game, it was going to happen. That that was crazy. Yeah, it, I he mean, literally just took the ball and went. Yep, gave it up, got it back, attacked the rim, uh, got fouled. There was no doubt about the foul. And as soon as the whistle blew, you knew the game's over. You know he's automatic or as close to automatic at the line as as one can be. Uh, and and Syracuse gets the win. And I, you know, although he was asked to miss the right. second free throw, <laughs> and he didn't, and he still made it. Uh, you know what? If that if that one goes the other way, though. Um, 
Are we talking about the sky falling today? Yes. I mean, after being up 18 in the first half? Um, I mean, there's still legitimately things to be very concerned about with this. They gave up 55 points in the second half. It's the second time they've given up, what, a 17-point lead at the Carrier Dome this year? Yeah, right, because they were up huge on Colgate. Yeah. Uh, and that evaporated rather quickly. You know, and I think, you know, and Eric Devendorf and I talked about this on the postgame show last night, that I think that you are going to see some of these large fluctuations in games in part because of the way they play, because they shoot so many threes and they're reliant on perimeter shooting that when they get hot and things are going well, like the beginning of the Colgate game, like the first half last night, uh, they're going to be able to to put up a lot of points. They they're shot be 8 able of to, 16 in the first right, half, from three, three, yeah. 3 of 12 in the second. Right, and you saw it. After the break, they were cold to start. You know, Jim Bayham talked about it in his post-game press conference. He said, you know, in the second half, they got four of the same looks that they got in the first half, and they missed all four. And if you're not making shots at one end, and we know that defensively this team is still struggling at the other end, Indiana took advantage, and all of a sudden that, that lead was gone, Indiana pulled ahead. Now, to be able to pull that thing out and find a way when they fell behind in the second half, they were able to regroup, Built the lead. Indiana comes back, forces overtime. Indiana has a shot to win it in the end of the first overtime. Syracuse gets a stop. They Indiana pulls ahead by four in the second overtime. You know, Frank hits the board, four big free throws, pulls them even. For for to be able to answer the bell every time for all the adversity that they faced, that's that's hard to do. And Syracuse was able to do it last you night. Got, and I don't want to say save their season because there's so much basketball left. But, man, the, the narrative is completely different today if that thing goes the other way. Yeah, you left something else out that was that made it even more improbable. Jesse Edwards, Cole Swider both fall out. Frank Anselm goes in, hits huge free throws. You know, he's not going to stop an All-American NBA you know, lottery yeah. pick. And he didn't, but he went in and held his own. And, and Benny Williams didn't make any mistakes when he when he was forced in. Yeah, I mean, you lose two guys out of your starting lineup. We saw, you know, all five starters in double figures. I, I'm, I passed along that stat to you that uh, six players last night finished with twenty or more points between the two teams. First time that's happened between two major colleges, major conference colleges. So power five, I guess you could say, uh, since the six-overtime game, 2009. Anywhere, not just obviously Syracuse, but any power five uh, opponents. First time that's happened since 2009. It was a great game. Um, the Bayheim kids can play. Yeah. There's another uh, thing I took from that game, a hot take. You know what? And and you, you say that tongue-in-cheek, but and Jimmy was, was really good uh, on the offensive end of the court. And, and finished with 26 points. And we know that Buddy is really good on the offensive end of the court. But I think we it it's, it's worth mentioning the way that he was able to score, especially in that double overtime when he scored on three straight possessions, had the free throws, they cleared and then out the two him. buckets. We talked at the beginning of the year about do they have the guy on this team that if they need a bucket, he can make his own shot. Like, do they have a Tyus battle on this team? Give the ball to Tyus, Tyus make a play. And we have seen Buddy evolve into a player who is like that now. He's not just a three-point shooter, and we knew that. But could he do it with everything on the line? And I mean, the game was on his shoulders last night. And three straight possessions, he was like, I got you guys. And 
that was really impressive. The shots that he made, the way, the moves that he made to get free and to to get himself an open look was was very impressive. And I I feel like to some degree we all collectively take it for granted. Like fans, media, anybody outside the team, I think we all kind of collectively take it for granted with Buddy. But I mean, that was special what he did last night, especially in in the second overtime. Yeah, it, Steve is a person that watch you just like was watching the game, not as a fan. That was one of the most fun basketball games ever. And Syracuse did something with Buddy Beheim that I don't know if you remember the first Duke game in the Dome when they went to overtime. They gave they gave the ball to Jeremy Grant, and he just took advantage of who was guarding him. Yeah. And, and they did. that's what Buddy Beheim did. He He's a pro. Yeah. I, I You know, if you want to get that kid drafted, just show them that overtime series of three consecutive possessions where he goes down, he gets fouled or scores. I'm with you. And, again, who would have thought this a few years ago when he was at JD? Who would have thought this, you know, his freshman year? I mean, he was obviously a good shooter, got off to a slow start that year shooting, but came on. And, but he's he's much more than just, you know, the sharpshooter now. He, he is, he's got the complete game. You know, he had eight assists last night. He had five steals. He he has the complete game, um, and I, I agree with you. I think he's I, I think he's a, a pro, and he made some some NBA moves last night, NBA shots um, to to will this team to victory. And that's what it kind of felt like. It felt like they he played fifty he, minutes. Yeah, I know, I know. And Coach Payam talked about that afterwards. He talked about the minutes played. You know, and it's it's hard to argue with with what he's saying. Um, they got to play the guys that are going to get the job done, and and Buddy, you need him on the floor, obviously. Well, also, Simir and Benny need to step up, right? Yes, yeah. I, I mean, they're they're going to see another team on Saturday in Florida State that's going to pressure the heck out of them. Simir's got to step up. Simir's got to give them some quality minutes on Saturday if they have a chance to win that game. Simir six minutes last night, uh, one turnover, one steal. It's not exactly stuff in the stats. No, he did draw some fouls. You know, um, obviously wasn't able to to complete those plays. But you know, they they need him out there, especially against pressure. And Florida State's going to pressure him. You know, Villanova's going to get after him as well. So, um, you know, he he does need to step up. And and Benny, you know, you've been saying it for a couple weeks now that you know Benny with his athleticism and his potential. They need to get him going. There's no doubt about it. They they need to get Benny Williams going. Um, but he was pressed into action at the end of that thing last night, um, and you know he he helped him. Frank helped him. Um, Six rebounds is the only stat that Benny Williams had last night. You know, took no shots. Nineteen minutes. Got pushed under the basket. Oh for, uh, for two on the the rebound at the end of regulation. Yeah, Coach Sadlin mentioned on the air that. Prior to that free throw, he said they're backwards. Yeah. He, he said Cole should have been on the other side, and Benny should have been. You know, Cole should have been the bigger guy blocking him out. But you know, hindsight. I mean, by then Jesse's gone, and you know, if Jesse's in the game, uh, you know, it's and, it's not an issue. And, and this isn't exactly Eaton Crow because we didn't say that he wasn't ever going to be good. But Jesse's there now. Yeah, you know, you he's been I, awesome. You and I have were pretty adamant last year that we didn't think he was. The guy with Marek there, but he's the dude now. He's yeah. a legit. He's seven to seven from the field. He's shooting almost 
you know. You know, you know what's seven. impressed me about him is his hands have gotten a lot better. He can catch the ball. He can. And and last year that was a a major problem. And he's he's playing with a lot more his confidence. His offense is smooth. Yep. He I mean he took one ugly hook shot last night, but it went in. Yeah. He's, His game's evolved. He's we'll playing we'll with have a lot Griffon, of who's, yeah, who, coach, who works with him. We'll yeah. ask him what's changed. All right. Let's fire up those phone calls. Uh, I'm sure people want to hey, check wait, in on Syracuse this. Syracuse won. They're not calling in. Nobody calls in to say, hey, great game last night. There, I just called everybody out. It's There's nothing. There is a few things to complain about. The defense is not good. You don't have to just call to complain. We can call to discuss. I mean, there's a lot to talk about from that game last night. The defense isn't good. It's got to get better. Yeah. They were almost playing a 1-3-1 last night, it looked like. Yeah. I'll ask Griff that question, too. The zone looked markedly different in the first half. Yeah. It was it was Joe at the top of the key. It was Buddy on the free throw line. You know, the, the wings were obviously spread out trying to cut down on the three-point shooters, and you had Jesse in the middle. It was a different look, and it helped for a little bit, and then Indiana adjusted, and they had to move away from it. Uh, but you're right. I mean, they got to figure something out on, on defense because they're they're giving up too many points. This team can score though, and this team's going to be fun to watch. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Well, Fire it up those phone calls. It hasn't been fun to watch in the losses, Steve. That's true. It's it's been ugly. Yeah, that's true. Like I'm a, a guy that can say that was a fun game after even after a loss. Their losses have they've been decimated. That's a big word for me. I just hurt myself. We should take a break. SAT word? <laughs> Decimated. Um, I mean, you're not wrong. You know, they lost those three games all by double figures. Giving up a lot of points. They went into that game last night, what, giving up 87 points in their last four? Um, you know, last night's effort, not going to help that, but they got the win. And I think, that, you know, this team's got to feel very good about that uh, as this tough stretch continues. Florida State Saturday, Villanova on Tuesday and then at Georgetown the following weekend. Three big games coming up all the way from the Dome. 315-437-7644. We're just getting started on a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is Orange Nation. Stephen Pauly back with you here on a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. We've got SU assistant coach Alan Griffin coming up in the next segment. We'll uh, we'll hear from Jim Beheim here uh, shortly, Pauly. But first, we got to get to the phone lines. That's right. We're going to hear from the Hall of Famer, Steve. It, but before that, my first ballot caller Hall of Famer, Stephen North Syracuse. Steve, how are you today? Uh, well, I'd like to thank everyone I ever met, uh, <laughs> but but I won't. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm such a Hall of Famer that I was uh, there at the uh, 1981 Big East Final in the Dome when they had the Big East Tournament in the Dome. That was a three-overtime uh, win over Villanova, and for many years I, I felt that was the greatest game I'd ever seen that Syracuse was in until the six-overtime game. And uh, the six-overtime game, of course, was in New York, so the, the 81 game still stood as the greatest game basketball game I've seen in the Dome. Uh, and I'm not so sure last night's game doesn't top it, although it may not have had the importance of winning the Big East. It was certainly a very important game, and it just had so many back-and-forth uh, 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 scenarios uh, had so many heroes 
so many plays that could have uh, sent the game either way. It was wonderfully entertaining, and it was basketball the way basketball should be, with players having a chance to demonstrate their their skills. Defense was not, uh, you know, grabbing people or shoving people. uh, you know, like world wrestling or, or something like that. Uh, defense was about get, keeping between your guy and the basket, blocking shots, making steals, and it was a wide open game. Uh, and you could see that both teams had uh, lots of talented players, and they got a chance to show what they could do, and that's what made it great. Now. Um, we're liable to have a bunch of great games this year because we have a great offense, but we don't have the great defense to go with it. And you only tend to view a game as great if you want it. So I don't know how many of those great games are going to wind up winning unless we can develop the defense more. I feel right now kind of like I did when the football team was 5-4. and four. And I thought, okay, we're going pretty good right now. Uh, uh, now we got to finish it off. Within a week, we could have two more losses, and everybody could feel just as bad as they did before the game last night. But hopefully that game will be a, a, a springboard to, uh, to greater success. My other comments were on Jim Mayheim's uh, press conference. Um, uh, he at one point he was asked, "Is this the most difficult non-conference schedule that you've had?" And he refused to admit it. Uh, he said, "We've had a lot of strong non-conference schedules," and he was kind of grumpy about that. Earlier, when I called into his show, it was his birthday, and they brought out a bunch of cupcakes for him. And I made the joke that people used to say that all you did is to play cupcakes before the conference season begins. And this year, the only cupcakes you're getting are the ones they just brought out to you. And he didn't laugh at that. So I think that's a very sore spot with him, criticism of the non-conference schedule. Uh, And he's not acknowledging this to be the toughest one, which it certainly looks like to me. Uh, because he doesn't want to uh, admit that the prior ones might not have been so tough. The final, excuse me, the final point was, excuse me, he was all, he was all upset about Benny Williams, who, by the way, had two rebounds, not six. The six rebounds was team rebounds, if you look at the box score. And he was upset about how Benny played that final play <coughs> that final play of, 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 of regulation if, if you look at the highlight film Benny didn't just stand there uh, he, uh, he he moved and uh, uh, the Indiana player jumped over him to get the rebound and I really don't see a foul there either so I think that maybe from Jim's perspective from down the court where the Syracuse bench is he might have been screened away from the play but I think uh, Benny got kind of a bum rap in uh, the way Jim described that last play. All right, Steve, uh, appreciate you checking. I mean, he, you know, he's got to be more physical. He got, you know, he got pushed on that play, and I, I don't think there was necessarily a foul there either. E- either way, but I think they're rewarding, you know, Indiana's effort. It looked like a foul. You know, that's one of those situations where the refs rewarding the the guy for the offensive rebound and the, and, and the the attempted to put back. Um, but Benny got pushed in on. You know, he's got to be. He's got to be a little bit more physical there. And that is why Steve is a Hall of Famer. Is that call? No. Oh, he had a cough and he kept going. Fought through adversity. Fought through. Unlike you, Steve, who calls that, in sick. That's from eating a pork chop. When's the last time I called in sick? That right. was that was a serious situation. I couldn't speak. Steve is a man.
All right. Um, um, Coach Beheim, apparently the Q Sports Talk uh, people are not happy that, and, and here I go defending Coach Beheim again. Uh, people in Q Sports Talk saying that Symir and Benny are not allowed to play through mistakes. This team can't afford mistakes. You don't. You don't have the opportunity to play through mistakes with this team right now, right? Right, and there's no learning. There's no room for error. There's no learning curve. And, and here's the thing, you know, and and obviously everybody on the floor makes mistakes. Um, Joe Girard brings something to the table offensively. I mean, Joe Girard had 22 points last night. Right. Samir's not scoring 22 points. Um, you know, Jimmy had 26 points. Benny hasn't shown the you know the explosiveness on on offense yet. Um, you know, you look at, and this kind of goes back to to Steve's call right there. He said there were so many big plays. So many guys had an impact on that game last night that if, you know, if they don't make that play, Syracuse may not win. I'll even give Cole Swider one in the in the first overtime. He had a big three. Now he didn't he didn't play awesome last night, but he had a big three. You know, Frank's four free throws we already pointed to. Uh, Jimmy, obviously, scoring 26 points. Joe hit some big shots, including the free throws at the end of the game. We obviously know about Buddy. Um, They needed everybody. I mean, Jesse played really well until he fouled out. So that was a game last night that it wasn't just one guy. It was everybody on the floor, you know, contributing. Um, And as for the point about Samir and Benny... If you take if they're on the floor, that means you're taking one of your offensive options off the floor, right? Yeah. If Samir's playing, most likely Joe's not in the game. I will say this too: when Jesse and Joe and uh, Cole were both out, I didn't think the team had a shot, and they somehow did it. So here's the thing: and Jim said this last night in his post game press conference that when you're on the floor, you got to do something. When Samir's on the floor, he's got to do something. Uh, same thing with Frank. Same thing with Benny. Now, you know, Frank had to play at the end of the game, and he did do something. He made some free throws, and and that was huge. Um, but, you know, Samir and Benny, they're going to have to earn their minutes. And and as it stands, I think didn't Benny play almost 20 minutes? Yeah, he played 19 minutes last night. Um, he finished with two, reba- two rebounds in, okay. in 19 minutes. 0 for 2 from the free throw line. You know, he's got to do more with that time. Joe is turning the ball over too much. Yeah. That's got to get well, better. Yes. Uh, yes. The short answer is yes. Uh, however, he had four turnovers at halftime. He finished the game with five turnovers. So he did get off to a slow start. He played better second half and beyond. Second half, first overtime, second overtime, and he did make some big shots. Scored 22. Um, but yes, he has turned the ball over too much, and that's why I said they're going to need Samir in, in games, especially against Florida State and Villanova coming up. Um, and, and to Steve's point, one more point just to bring up from Steve, there is a a decent chance this team's five and five after the next three games, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, Florida State and Nova, they're going to be underdogs in both of those. We expect them to win at Georgetown, but Florida it's a State has game. not looked good. I mean, they're five and two. They, I mean, they, they got hammered by Purdue. There's no shame in that. Yeah. I mean, Purdue's the number two ranked team in the country, and it was a road game. Uh, and their other loss was to Florida. So, um, you know, they, they probably point to Syracuse and say, Syracuse doesn't look good. They lost to Colgate and yeah. VCU by double digits. So, in any event, let's take a time out here. We'll get to Alan Griffin on the other side. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is Orange Nation. Yo, microphone check, one, two, what is this? 
Stephen Pauly back with you here on a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. We've got Mike Curtis from Syracuse.com joining us here in about 10 minutes. But first, we bring in our producer, Jordan, for a game we like to call Buy or Sell. How are you today, Jordan? Oh, oh. Okay. Pauly does it at least. You're 50% of the time you don't turn his mic on. I don't turn yours on half the time that's, either. That's true. That's the value true. is higher, the amount of time I'm listening to the show or the amount of time my mic gets turned on. Oh, definitely. The the higher total is the amount of time your mic is not on. Well, of course, I don't know how much you listen to the show, but Paulie does it on a regular basis. Uh, all right, what do you got for us? All righty. We're uh, buying or selling things right now, and I want to start with this ridiculous Major League Baseball proposal. Um, because everyone's been clamoring. They want MLB to be more fun. So the new proposed format, I guess that'd be fun. 14-team playoff, three division winners, and four wildcard teams in each league. And then the team with the best record is going to get a bye. And then the other two division winners are picking their opponents. This is chaos. That's ridiculous. This is too complicated. Yeah, Picking your opponents is a nightmare if you're a GM. Or a manager. If you pick the team that beat you, you should be fired. Right? You make the playoffs so that you pick a team and they beat you? So, I actually like the idea from like from an entertainment standpoint. It, yeah. Like from a from fan a wrestling. Stand, from a fan standpoint, I do think it's interesting. And it does give you, you know, if you have the higher record, you know, if you're so, the one seed, that there's a... That gives you an extra benefit or perk of being that seed is that you get to pick wh- whoever the best matchup is for you. H- how would this work? Do you do you have details that? So you said the the top team would get the buy. So out of the AL, it would have been the Rays would have yeah. gotten the buy. Team how, with the best record. But, but the four wild cards are they are two play are, like are they playing each other to advance or it would be two versus seven, three versus six, four versus five? Is that how it would be? So there are three division winners and four wild cards that make it in each league. So I'm saying the seeding yeah. though it goes so one gets a buy, two would play seven or or two and three get to pick. I see. So they have to play, but they get to pick their opponent. Yeah, and they pick uh, amongst those worst three wild cards. So the teams. four wild card teams that did that would have, if you're an AL fan last year, would have been the Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Athletics would have been the four wild card teams. That's fun. And then, then the Astros, they would have had to pick. would have had to pick their opponent. Pick their opponent. And then the Rays would have gotten the bye. So we hate this idea. It's I hate just the so picking. So convoluted. Yeah. Okay. It's like this isn't what we meant when we said make baseball fun. Like I believe the players are the ones in support of it, so I can't blame Rob Manfred. But I think I'm going to regardless. I do. I do think Paulie brings up an interesting point though about. It, like the the fans might like it, or I guess the players might like it as well. But that that is a nightmare for coaches, GMs, because you're, like whoever you pick, you're giving them like instant bulletin board material. Yeah. Like, oh, they wanted to play us. You like know. I would put it up on a poll for the fans to pick, <laughs> or like flip a oh, coin. Yeah. You know, like I, I have an alternate proposal. How about you can pick your opponent, but they have but, to win one less game, or you can get a random opponent, and it's it's a normal series. I want to do the NL for you too. So this is this is ridiculous. So it would have been the Braves, Brewers, and Giants as the division champs. The wild card would have been the Dodgers. The Phillies, 
the Cardinals and the Reds. Little watered down on that yeah. side, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then how long are the how long would the series be? Like when yeah. two plays seven, is it a three game series? Or is it a one game? One game, five games. They're going to be playing till December at this point. That's what I'm wondering. I, I, they're still in the works. I'm not yeah. finding exact games for each series. I'm sure they're there, and I'm just incapable of finding them. But I want it series. expanded, but that seems like excessive. Couldn't you just do like a couple extra wild cards and then have the wild cards play? The wild cards play like a one-game wild yeah. card to is, see who advances into that yeah. spot. Is this just all a ruse to distract from the fact that we're about to have a freaking lockout? <laughs> like, No, they were talking <laughs> about this last year, too. So it sounds like Steve, you're buying Paulie. Well, you? I don't know. I mean, like I'm buying remorse. expanding the playoffs. I'm not buying the WWE pick your opponent, like you know, open challenge. Yeah, like the, the wild card. Like invitation. there's a there's yeah, what, this, what's this the one where they hang the the briefcase from the ceiling? Money in the bank. Yeah, like you're, it's you're the money the in the. Person. It's like the money in the bank one. Um, it's different, which I think baseball needs something that's different. Right? I mean, yeah, if, if we're not allowed to flip bats and show excitement, then yeah, I guess we need an 80-team playoff. If we're going to do that, if they're going to do that, cut the regular season. If they're going to let Please. like if they're going to let I'd it, be fine with that. If they're going to let the teams pick, they should just let them pick any team in base like like so if the, if you made it and you just pick the worst team the worst team in the playoffs or in baseball gets into the playoffs. That way, you know, so if you have the best record in the wild card, you're like, yeah, I'll play the Marlins. Put the Marlins in the playoffs. We're going to beat them to get through the first <laughs> round. And then the Marlins go on to win the World Series. Should should you be able to pick from either side? Yes. Yankees can be Might like, well I'll take the Reds. <laughs> I really like the fan vote. I do too. I have. That's no- how I would do it if I was a manager, a GM, an owner. I would let the fans pick because I'm not going down no, on but, that ship. But hang on a second. You wouldn't really because what if you don't want to play that team and you have a reason like a secretive reason why you don't want to play that team or like, you know, a matchup reason why you don't want to play that team because, you know, jobs are on the line. Like a manager's expected to make it to the World Series or a GM, he, does he want to leave, you know, that I I'd rather answer to uh to a, I'd rather fire my manager than have to explain the fact that we picked the you team. You just don't want to make tough us. decisions. It's like Dan Dockich telling us yesterday Bob Knight didn't want to call timeout because mm-hmm. he didn't want it to be on him. That's right. Shout the players out Dan to be. Dockich tweeting out last night, IU will win this game, I promise. Really? Oh, yes, sir. Sit down, Dockich. Yes, sir. We appreciate you, though. I, I felt very strongly SU was going to win last night. I, I, Well, how about that? I don't know if we bought or sold that, but I'm skipping to the bottom of what's on yeah, the Yeah, I don't window. know if we... I, I want to I hear more information. I, I need to get this story out there, though. It's still on my Christmas. If Santa wants to deliver me expanded playoffs, I'm in, but I'm not buying it. Does that make sense? Like, if I got it as a as gift. A, as a present. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, that's a nice gift. I'm not spending money on it, though. Would you buy seven pounds of sweat? You told me about this before the show. Um, if you want to buy seven like pounds of sweat, I'm skeptical you're going to have to buy it from Duke's Paolo Banchero because in the loss to Ohio State... Last night, which, by the way, that's a big enough story on its own. You beat Gonzaga, lose to Ohio State. But the ESPN broadcast had this story about how Banchero, who's had cramping problems throughout the season, loses apparently seven pounds of sweat per game. It's so bad he drinks some special 
oxygenized fluid to avoid cramping. Steve drinks that for his throat. Something like that. But do, do we buy or sell Duke still being the best team in the country if we ever did? And do we buy or sell seven pounds of sweat a game, dude? That's that's gross. That sounds dangerous. I'm, skept- I'm skeptical of that that number. Um, how, I, do they, how do they know? My sources. They, they did test, dude. Sports science By the is way, just unreal. Uh, I have uh, inside sources that have told me that there's a player on Syracuse that sweats profusely this year also. This year? Yeah. But I don't know if it's seven pounds. Okay. Tell me who. No. I may, I Why is it secretive? Yeah, I can just watch the game and yeah, stare you, at their you watch. foreheads. My sources have told me not to say it. Okay. Fair enough. You don't have, no. um, do I think Duke's the best team in the country? I mean, you can lose a game and still be the best team in the country. So I, I think Gonzaga yeah. lost to a better team, though. Say that again. Gonzaga lost to Duke, though. So by that logic, Gonzaga lost to the better team. Interesting point. Gonzaga also only beat Tartleton State by like nine points. So I don't know where that school and is. And who, who did Georgetown beat? You, I don't know. Last who night did? they played Longwood. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Beat them by eight. You just don't roll into Longwood and. You know, oh, they came. No, back. that was uh, yeah. Georgetown played that game in front of twenty three hundred screaming fans. Yeah, twenty three hundred, dude. I don't know how many people Georgetown draws, anyways. Because when you go to those games, it's majority Syracuse fans. Yes, correct. The student section fills. Let's see for the Sienna game. Uh, Sienna they drew forty four sixty four four thousand four hundred sixty. Yikes! Yeah. Okay. Well, you know who's they're not very have good. They're no very issue good. whatsoever you, with attendance. You got to do the number two. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We can't. And that's who's going to have no issue with attendance is college football playoff sites, especially if you have Michigan, Alabama, and Georgia in there. Cincinnati also still at number four. Do you guys have any issues with these rankings? No, because I mean Michigan and Georgia are no brainers. I think Cincinnati deserves to be in the top four. And as for Bama. They can they get to prove this weekend whether or not they belong or not. And if they lose, they're out. Um, and you got Oklahoma State and Notre Dame waiting in the wings. Notre Dame can't jump in ahead of Cincinnati because they lost to them. Cincinnati's got a game this weekend, though. So, you know, if, if everybody takes care of business, you know, obviously either Georgia or Alabama is going to lose. If Georgia wins, Georgia stays, and Alabama would be out. If Alabama wins, I, I think you've got your four. I think, th- I think those are the four. Is there an American if championship? Yeah, uh, who are they playing? Like Memphis or somebody? Cincinnati, Memphis? Is that uh, right? I'm not even going to pretend please, that I'm well versed in Cincinnati. Don't do that. Houston, uh, Houston. That's. Right. I mean, they're playing the number 16 team in the country. So what you're saying is that they uh, don't lose that game, man. That would that would suck. So does Cincinnati, Cincinnati have a problem? Right? Why? I, no, that would be Houston. Houston. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, there was all this question about with Brian Kelly leaving, is Luke Fickle going to leave and go to Notre Dame and leave Cincinnati high and dry? It sounds like he has told Notre Dame, I'm staying for the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So if they want him, they're going to have to wait for him. And to me, that's the right way to handle this thing. Wait until the end of the season and then here's you know, an interesting, move on. Here's an interesting scenario. Alabama loses. Oklahoma State loses. Notre Dame's in. And who coaches Notre Dame? 
Oh, you're saying would would Luke Fickle take the job before the before the semis? Is that what you're what saying? What if he had a coach against himself? How <laughs> impressive would it be if you play the same matchup no, but twice just, and Notre you're Dame the winning say, coach for each team? That, that's the biggest flex that, of all time. That isn't an outrageous like that's not impossible that Alabama no. loses to Georgia and Oklahoma State loses to People Baylor. People have been speculating about this on if Twitter Notre for like a Dame week. If Notre Dame gets in, what the hell? They're they're gonna have an interim coach coach him in the playoffs. They can get a uh uh oh no Newt Rockney. Yes, yeah, that would yeah. Be very good. he's dead. <laughs> though. It'd be uh, difficult. Uh, so Brian Kelly, I don't know if you're aware of this. I I read this yesterday. He is the first head coach of the Irish, head football coach, to leave the program for another college job. Oh well, yeah, there's not many. Better no, I jobs. understand. I'm, but I'm I'm just saying like that. It's never happened before. Even like a hundred years ago. Four minute meeting yesterday, by the way. That's the oh, that's come out. Oh, I thought it was eleven. We've heard uh two and eleven. We've reached an average of four. That's what ESPN's reporting. A Can you imagine if you meeting. are one of the players on the team and you rolled out of bed for a seven AM meeting and he talked for four minutes that I'm leaving right for a hundred million dollars? Go right back to do, bed. do we have any reports how many people were there? No. I'll have to I would love to know that. I'll have to look at that. I would be uh I would be very bothered. I would also be very bothered if pesky pests were infiltrating my home yes, or my workplace. I would too. And that's why I've always got Bugs Be Gone right on speed dial, but we're going to talk about how you can access them on the web, bugsbegone.biz, two E's, just like the bug, just like I do to Steve and Pauly every single day. Apparently I bug you too. Okay. Yeah. Is that a truth statement? It is. Yeah. You do it on do, purpose. Do you need a Pauly's Be Gone? Uh, sure. Okay. Mike Curtis from Syracuse.com. We'll How happy would you side. be if I called the 7 a.m. meeting tell you I was leaving, Jordan? I probably wouldn't show up. Oh. I would he, he would zoom in. He would zoom zoom it. He doesn't have he can't move at the speed of zoom. I would I would Z Z Z Z Z zoom in. I'd be sleeping through that meeting. All right, time out here. Mike Curtis joins us on the other side back after this on ESPN Radio.